If you've got your Bible tonight, turn to Deuteronomy with me tonight. Deuteronomy chapter number 16 tonight. Church man, I want to keep our focus, if you don't mind, on the Lord's Supper tonight. I want to preach a message on the thought of the Lord's Supper, our Passover. I want to look at the Passover just a little bit tonight and kind of get you an idea of what the Passover means to us as believers. The Lord's Supper uh, was instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ the night of the Passover. And what the Passover was for the children of Israel is what the Lord's Supper is for us as Christians. And I know these are obvious statements, but there's so many parallels. And I just want to get us for to think about that parallel. And of course, the most important parallel is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins, and He was the Lamb. And so tonight we'll look at that. Deuteronomy chapter number 16. Uh, tonight, let's look at just the first three verses together. Verse number one says this, observe. Now, this is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. Deuteronomy is called the second law. It's because the first generation did not go into the promised land. So this is the next generation um, that Moses is speaking to, going over some things that he went over in Exodus and uh, through Numbers there. But in verse number one, it says, Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock and the herd, the place which the Lord shall uh, choose to place his name there. Thou shalt uh, eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. Again tonight, I want you to think about the Passover and how it is for us as far as the Lord's Supper tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we again stop and say thank you for your goodness and sending your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you again for this time that we as a church family, Lord, can participate in the Lord's Supper, the time for us to think about your son, how he died for us, Lord, how our sins have been forgiven. May we do that examination tonight. Lord, may there not be any sin in our life that would cause us to take this uh, Lord's Supper unworthily. And Father, thank you again for these times that we can stop and just consider what you've done for us. Now bless the service tonight, lead and direct what's said and done. Help us in our hearts that we have it united with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church family, what I want to do tonight is I want them to kind of show you the Passover as far as what took place. These are the children of Israel. The night that they came out, I want you to look at the first Passover so we can kind of walk through it very briefly tonight and think about it. And then I want to look at the last Passover tonight, and then I want to make the parallel tonight. So if you'll follow me through those three sections. First one is I want to look at the Passover itself. Turn over to Exodus with me, chapter number 12. Exodus chapter 12, would you follow me and read a couple more scriptures together? Exodus chapter number 12. While you're turning there, let me say that the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt. Chapter number 12 is when the firstborn is going to be killed. Firstborn from Pharaoh's house through every house in the land of Egypt. And by the way, the firstborn in the Israelites' house would have died that night if the blood would not have been applied. And so Jesus, uh, or I should say God, is teaching them the Passover, being the Passover angel, passing over the houses. Look at verse uh, with me. Let's just pick it up in verse number 1. Uh, the Bible says this in verse number 1 of Exodus 12. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and, and Aaron in the, land, in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of, of months. It shall be the first uh, month of the year to you. Verse number 3 Speak ye unto the congregation um, of Israel, uh, saying, In the tenth day of the month they shall take to them every man a lamb. All right, and I'll just continue reading. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. I want you to notice the lamb was not too little for the house. The house was too little for the lamb. Jesus Christ was the lamb of God. It covers everybody's sin, all right? And you can't get enough of the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ is all you need. He goes on to say in verse number, um, uh, verse number five, let's pick up verse number five. 
I'm sorry, verse number four again. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Verse five, your lamb shall be without blemish. Picture the Lord Jesus Christ, sinless lamb. A male, obviously Jesus Christ of the first year. He shall, again, the picture there. You shall take it out of the sheep from, and, or from the goats and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. The reason that they kept the lamb up to the 14th day of the month, month was to make sure there was no blemish. There was nothing wrong with that lamb. The lamb was supposed to be uh, an example of Jesus Christ, which would be a perfect lamb. Again, a picture of Jesus Christ coming and living 33 years upon this earth. And during that 33 years, he proved his sinlessness uh, throughout that lifetime. In verse number six again, and it shall, ye shall keep it up unto the 14th day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill in, in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, the lamb. They shall eat that flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden. In other words, don't boil it at, at all with water, with roast with fi- but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning and that which remaineth of it unto the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it. This is how I want you to do it. Verse 11, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Let me read verse 12 and 13 and we'll continue, but we'll stop reading from this point. Verse 12 and 13 say, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now, I want you to bear with me tonight. Again, I'm not going to take long, but I want you to understand what took place. The Israelites were supposed to come together, all right? Now, I don't know that their lamb looked like this. These are actually lamb steaks, all right? My wife just cooked these too, by the way. Smells very good, I'm ready. All right, and they had unleavened bread, all right? And then they had bitter herbs. Now, the purpose of the bitter herbs was it was to remind them of the bondage that they they had in the land of Egypt. So every year, they would practice the Passover, and you can imagine the children looking to their mom and dad and said, do we have to eat that, all right? Now, For typecasting, that is spinach. I'm just letting you know. Bitter herbs right here. All right, that's what it was. It's in the Bible. What am I going to do, okay? Now, it's interesting that when God told the children of Israel, look at your Bible, let's look at a little farther down. He said in verse number, uh, pick it up in verse number 14, and this day shall be unto you for a what? All right. Now, obviously, God did not want them forgetting what took place in Egypt and how God delivered them from that. Look down in your Bible, verse number 26, same chapter. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, what mean ye by the service that ye shall say? So God says, here's, your, here's what the answer. Why are we doing the Passover? It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed the head and worshiped. All right, now, this is while they're in the land of Egypt. He, Moses comes to the children of Israel. He says, I want you to do this. This is exactly how God said to do it. You're going to take a lamb, lamb for your household, and you're going to slit its throat, and you're going to take the blood of that lamb. And he says, what I want you to do is he says, you're going to take that blood, and he says, you're going to put that blood, and you're going to put it on the lintel and the doorpost. He says, I want you to just put that all over that lintel and doorpost, because that night, there's going to be a death angel that's going to come along, and that death angel is going to be looking for that blood, and if it's not on those doorposts, then what's going to happen is that death angel is going to come in and you're going to lose your children because of not applying the blood. Now, we as Christians, we understand what that means, amen? 
Jesus Christ, his blood was shed. So when God the Father looks at us, he looks at the blood or looks, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Our sin is covered and taken away because Jesus Christ died for you and I. So again, the Passover was a picture of that, of our really, the Lord's Supper. It's a picture of that bondage of sin that we were in in, before we got saved and how the blood was applied. We got saved and that gave us the freedom for that. And what we're going to practice the Lord's Supper tonight is what it was to the Jews was what the Passover was. They would come fully dressed to that meal. They would come to that meal and have the the lamb that was, uh, they shed its blood. They put the blood on doorposts. They roasted it in fire. And they had the unleavened bread and they had the bitter herbs. And while they ate that, can you imagine the conversation around the table? What is the bitter herbs for? Why are we eating unleavened bread? For seven days before the Passover, they would eat unleavened bread in preparation for the Passover. And it would remind them again of what took place in Egypt because they had to leave Egypt so quickly. The Bible talks about how they they didn't have time to to make the dough and make them bread. They had to eat it unleavened and God used that picture as an ever reminder for them. Tonight, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. It's supposed to be an ever reminder in our life of what Jesus Christ did for us. Now tonight, I want you to look at the last Passover also. Luke chapter number 22, if you'll turn there quickly tonight. This was the Passover that Jesus did with the disciples in Luke chapter 22. And let's pick it up in verse number 7. Luke 22, verse number 7. And the Bible says this in verse number 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat it. And they said unto him, where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him unto the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the good men of the the house, the master saith unto thee, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? Verse 12, and he shall show you a large upper room furnished, um, there make ready. And they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. Now note verse 14, he says, and when the hour was come, he sat down with the 12 apostles with him, and he said unto them, with desire, in other words, this is what I wanted to do, with desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Now, church, I mean, he switched, I mean, finish, he finishes the Passover in verse 17, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Verse 19, and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you this due remembrance of me. Verse 20, Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, church family, you have to understand that the children of Israel were eating a meal, all righty? Now, they, they actually, this was not like what we're doing tonight. This is not your meal. In fact, Apostle Paul addresses that in 1 Corinthians 11 and says, hey, you didn't come together together with the church to have a meal. You came to do this in remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a picture. They were actually having a real meal, the Passover meal, but during that meal, it was a reminder of them coming out of Egypt and how God delivered them. Now, again, for us tonight, we understand that Jesus uh, had the last Passover, and we as believers do not practice the Passover. We practice the Lord's Supper, Supper because the night that he's going to, going to be arrested and he's going to end up going to the cross, he said, okay, now here's what you're going to do in remembrance of me. So again, I've always some pictured, just again, the cross behind me, if you want to use the pulpit or the cross, that everything to the left of this Old Testament, those Jews would practice the Passover every year to remind them of where they came from, what they were saved from. 
We, the cross took place here. Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. Everybody from the New Testament age and on, we look back, not to the, we look back to the cross. We don't go all the way back to the Passover of Egypt. We go back to when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. So tonight, we're going to practice the Lord's Supper tonight, and that's our memorial. What was the memorial for the Jews? The memorial for the Jews was that Passover meal. What's the memorial for us as Christians? It's the Lord's Supper. Now, tonight, I want you to go back to Deuteronomy, and this will be the message tonight, Deuteronomy chapter 16, and I want you to look at the Passover in parallel to the Lord's Supper. Deuteronomy chapter 16. Three simple thoughts that I want you to see about the Passover tonight, and again, make parallel for us tonight as we partake of the Lord's Supper. In chapter 16 of Deuteronomy, the Bible says in the very first verse, observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover. I want you to notice the next phrase, unto the Lord thy God. Now, think about that. I want you to keep the Passover, not to you. I want you to keep the Passover to God. He says it again in the next verse, verse number two. He says, thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God. I think a lot of times that we get so, um, oh, I was talking to actually uh, uh, Wayne and Larry before the service. I don't want the Lord's Supper to become routine for us as a congregation. There's nowhere in the scripture that says how often you're supposed to have it. It just says, as often as ye do this, do this in remembrance of me, all right? I know some churches do it every week if you're part of the Catholic church. If you are, you're in the wrong place. But if you go to the Catholic church, you're going to find out that they, uh, they practice transubstantiation, that you're actually taking the body and blood of Christ. We don't believe that's cannibalism. That's not Christianity. But we understand that as often as you do this, And so I'm very careful on the Lord's Supper to try to make sure that the Lord says, this is when I want you to have it, because this this is special. It's special for us as Christians as far as what we're doing in tonight's service. I don't want it to be a normal service. I don't don't want the norm of of the Lord's Supper, just, okay, put the bread in your mouth, okay, take the juice. It's not that way at all. This is a pondering. This is a pondering of what the Lord has done for us. And just as they partook of the Lord's, of the Passover and they ate the Passover meal, every moment of that meal, they were thinking to themselves, okay, dad, why are we doing this? Well, the reason we're doing this is because we were in bondage to Pharaoh and the Lord did these 10 plagues. The last plague was the death of the firstborn. And the only reason that we're alive is because the blood was on the doorpost and God spared us from that and brought us out of that bondage to live the lives that we are in Canaan land, the promise, the, the victorious Christian life. Church, I mean, the Lord's Supper is for us. It's not just about you and me. It's about what I'm doing to the Lord. It's, it, this is between, yes, it's personal. It's personal tonight that when I examine myself and when I think about what Christ did for me, it's unto him. God, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the day I got saved and thank you for shedding your blood on the cross and thank you for choosing me and thank you for drawing me. It was personal and it should be personal. And when it came to the Passover lamb, it was personal because it was about what God did for them. Tonight, what's the, what's the Lord's Supper about? It's what God's done for you. Second thing I see is not only who the Passover is really observed for, it's for God, between us and God. I want you to notice where it was observed. And again, the Lord's the one that spelled this in this chapter. That's why I want to mention it tonight. Look at verse number two with me. And the Bible says this in verse number two. It says, And thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock of the herd. Look at this statement. In the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name there. Look at verse number six. But at the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name in. Verse number seven, and thou shalt roast and eat it in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. Look at verse number 11, uh, the last phrase of the verse, in the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to place his name there. 
Verse number 15, seven days shalt thou keep a solemn feast of the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. Look at verse 16. Three times in a year uh, shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. Church family, can I just tell you that the Passover lamb, the place was Jerusalem. Uh, specifically, I believe because the temple or the tabernacle was in Jerusalem. But God said the place he was going to choose was that Jerusalem. Do you remember the New Testament about Apostle Paul? Paul kept saying, I have to get back to Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. You know, there was something about the place that God chose. And, and, and so the children of Israel, they would come to Jerusalem to practice that particular Passover. Now, church family, New Testament picture here is this. The place that God has chosen for the Lord's Supper is the local New Testament church. All righty. And uh, I know sometimes we kind of get away from that. But I just want to take a moment so you can see it because we don't talk about these things as often. And I want to tell you, I don't know if you've seen it before, but I've made hospital visits before. And some, sometimes it's Catholic, but sometimes it's just some non-denominational pastor goes to, the, goes to the hospital and he's got his little wooden box and he goes inside there, opens up his wooden box and he's got two little cups there to do the Lord's Supper with them in the hospital. I'm just telling you that's not biblical. All right. Now let's point it out so you understand quickly. I just want to point out a few verses and we're going to come right back and finish in Deuteronomy. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In just a few moments, we'll probably read from this passage again, or at least portions of it. But 1 Corinthians 11, Apostle Paul talks to the Corinthian church about the Lord's Supper. I want you to notice in verse number six, sorry, verse 18, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 18. For first of all, when ye come together in the, what's the word? All right, verse number 11, and first of all, I'm sorry, verse 18. Chapter 11, verse 18. For first of all, when ye come together in the church... I hear that there will be divisions among you, and I partly believe it, for there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Verse 20, when ye come together, therefore, in one, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Now, he's going to address what they're supposed to be doing about the Lord's Supper. Look at verse 22. What have ye not any houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God? He's getting on them because these New Testament Christians were practicing the Passover style of meal for the Lord's Supper. He didn't say come to church, set up a table and have lamb chop, chops, which I kind of wish he did. But anyway, he didn't do that, all righty? He said come to the church, you're going to partake of unleavened bread, you're going to partake, and it was after Jesus started the, the Lord's Supper, after the Passover, after that meal was over, he instituted the Lord's Supper. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he's saying, why are you really coming to church as far as the Lord's Supper, this is how it's supposed to be. What I'm trying to stress is this. The place you're supposed to practice the Lord's Supper is at church. Look at your Bible in verse number um, 33. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. Talking about the Lord's Supper. I just w want you to understand that it's interesting that the principle that is mentioned about the Passover in Deuteronomy is the same principle mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. God has a place for that memorial service. And the church is that place for the memorial service, all right? So the first thing I see is who uh, is the Lord's, uh, who is, the, I'm sorry, excuse me, who the Passover was observed for, and that's God. Who's the Lord's Supper observed for? It's God, Jesus Christ. I see where the Lord's Supper, or the Passover, where the Passover was observed, place God would choose. I see that the place that God has chosen for the Lord's Supper is still the place God's chosen, and that's his house, the church. One more thing I want you to see tonight before we partake, and it's, it's the last thing is in verse number three. Why was the Passover and why is the Lord's Supper? Verse number three says this, Deuteronomy chapter 16, Deuteronomy 16, verse three. 
He says, thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste that, verse number three, here's, pick it up now where it says that, follow, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. Would you look over the page, I believe it is on mine, but on your page, verse 12. Verse 12 says, And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt, and thou shalt observe and do these statutes. Because for me, when the Israelites got together over here, and they're partaking of this meal, and their kids are asking, why are we doing this? From generation to generation, year after year, they would come together, and that meal never changed. It was that lamb. It was those bitter herbs, those unleavened bread, so that while they're around the table, generations later, they could talk to them and say, hey, now listen, you weren't there and I weren't there, but we're eating this meal every year. And the reason we're having this meal is because God delivered us from Egypt. Church family, our children sometimes might sit and they think to us, you know, can I take of the Lord's Supper? Young people, this is not just so you can have something to drink tonight. This is not just so that you can put something in your mouth and say, I got to eat in church. This is for us generation, generation later from when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins for us to remember Amen. that we've been delivered. Amen. You've been delivered. Amen. Salvation was not some prayer you said. Salvation is an acceptance of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's when you believed you were a sinner and you asked Jesus Christ to save you. It's not something you can do so I can take the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is for us to remember. The front of that Lord's table, right from the scriptures out of 1 Corinthians 11, this do in. The whole reason they're eating is not so they could have a good meal once a year. The whole reason they were eating that meal is so they could remember. Church family, to be honest with you, if, if the Lord so dictated, we could do the Lord's Supper every service. And it wouldn't hurt for us to remember every service what the Lord's done for us. Now tonight, in just a few moments, we're going to take the Lord's Supper, and I want you to think about the who, the where, and the why. The who, this is between me and God, what God's done to me and for me. The where, it's in the local assembly here at church. The why, it's because I'm saved. And the reason I'm saved is because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. You know, I remember as a boy, and you've heard me tell the story, I had taken my first job at Burger King and there was a lady there and she was kind of, I'm sure it's because she was interested in me and I was not interested in her, but she was interested in me. And she said, listen, uh, I'd like to know, can I get to know you? I said, well, come to my church. I said, you can come to church. And she said, so she did, she came to church. And after that was over, she asked if I'd come to hers. And I don't know why, but you know, my dad, it was a Catholic church and uh, it was on a Saturday. So my dad said I could go. So I did. It was life-changing to believe it, not for me. And I would not recommend that. I don't know why my dad let me, but I did. So I went with her mother and her and went to the Catholic church. I'd never been in one, before that time, I'd never been in one in my life. I was sitting back there, and of course, they were doing all the rituals. They knew when to kneel, when not to kneel. I just sat in the chair because obviously I wasn't Catholic, but I just watched them do everything. But the thing that I'll never forget is when they partook of the Lord's Supper. The priest comes to the middle aisle, and uh, basically people would come down the middle aisle, and he'd take this piece of leaven bread, and he'd stick his little finger in their mouth, put that bread in their mouth. He did, put it in their mouth. And then while they were standing, I'll never forget, he had this gold, what they would call a chalice, I guess, or cup. And they would drink out of that, and then he would just wipe the rim, and the next person in line, he'd put the bread in their mouth, and they drank out of it, and he'd wipe the rim. And I, I'm, that day, I became a firm believer, I'm glad I'm not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
And because they did it every Saturday, it was such a routine for them. I mean, they just, like, they just lined up like soldiers and they knew when to sit down, when to stand up, and they knew exactly what to, what to say and all. That's not, what, that's not what Christianity is. That's not what Christ is. This is not a matter of, okay, we did it. This is between you and God, with God's family, remembering how he saved me. And tonight, that's what we're going to do. Now, you know the passage in 1 Corinthians 11, and we'll read just a few verses in just a moment. But you're not supposed to partake of the Lord's Supper without examining yourself first. I hope today you already have. But again, we're going to take a few moments here. Pianos will play softly. And you can go make your way to the piano. And I just want us just to stop for a few moments. And this is not an invitation. This is a time for us just to examine. And then when we're done examination, whenever that is, then we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper tonight. So you can use the altar. You can use your seat. Let's just talk to the Lord for just a few minutes tonight.